Well, you're always so welcoming and honoring here. I just love to be with you. Thank you for this opportunity. And uh, what a great church. We just love being here because you're so open to, uh, to the power of the Holy Ghost, yeah. open to develop people. I love this church, a great church. Love you, senior leaders. Why don't you give them a clap and just value and honor them for the work that they do. Absolutely wonderful. And uh, just uh, I want you to keep your uh, heart open today for what God will share with you. I know it's going to touch you and transform you. And uh, I know we hear lots of messages, but I want you to just uh, for a moment, just welcome the Holy Spirit to come and reveal what He wants, what it'll apply to you. So when we close our eyes, just lift our hands. If you're watching online, I'm going to welcome you. He wants to touch you wherever you are too. He's going to bring something to you today. He's going to touch you in the service. I want you to open your heart to listen. The Bible says we hear with the heart. Lord, we just welcome you to come, Holy Spirit. We open ourselves today and we say, Lord, speak to us. Speak into our heart about the condition of our heart. Show us the areas you want to bring freedom, release, and where you want us to grow. So we open ourselves and we say, come, Holy Spirit. Forgive us if we've neglected what you've said. Today we want to hear. And so we position ourselves to hear Speak individually exactly what it is you want to touch us in. And we open ourselves to respond. We commit to respond to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's go a lot of claps, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's be seated. There's an interesting thing about the Word of God, you know. Jesus said this. He said this is very foundational. He said when he's talking about one of the key parables, he said, he said, he talked about hearing. He says, let him that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying, which is this kind of strange way of putting it. But what he's saying is simply this. How you hear and respond to what you're hearing determines whether more comes. And he said, so if, he, he said, so if you, he says, take heed what you do with what you hear, because if you respond, more comes to you. So in other words, hearing God has to do with our heart condition and our response to what he says to us. When we're responsive to him talking, it opens the way to receive more revelation. But he says, if you don't respond, then even the bit you seem to have will be taken away. Now, that seems weird. To him that has, more's given. Him that has not, then even what he's got's taken away. You look at it from a socialist point of view, it's really upsetting. But when you see it from Kingdom's perspective, God is saying something like this. He's saying, place value on my word, it can transform your life, but you need to respond to it. Now you understand that the Greek thinking, the Greek way of approaching growing is all about more information. The Hebrew has to do with revelation and heart knowledge. So the Greek mentality is in our Western culture. If I have more information, I'll become a better person. Well, information can help, but actually from a Hebrew perspective, you only know what is in your heart and what you are experiencing. So you may have lots of Bible information, but it's only what you're living out that is what you know. And if you are living it out, you can share it because it's in your life. So in other words, in the Hebrew culture and from God's perspective, it's what you embrace in your heart and live out of your life that brings change. It's not just having more information. 
So I hope that this message will not just be about information, it'll be about the dynamics of what you can do that shifts your life. Okay, so we're going to look in Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, one of the most powerful verses to give insight. And uh, when Jesus was asked this question, you know, what's the great commandment? In other words, he, he, he's asked, well, if you got all the Bible and you can summarize it, what would you say it was? And he said, oh, that's really easy. Here it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your soul and your strength. In other words, heart first. Love the Lord with your heart. Okay? And uh, so we see scriptures everywhere. Once your eyes are open to this, you'll see everything is about your heart, that everything starts in your heart. So even in Proverbs 3 and verse 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your understanding, your head. So your walk with God is always about the heart. The love of God is shed abroad out of our heart. So love doesn't come from your head. It comes from your heart by the Holy Ghost. So it can only flow out of your heart if the Holy Ghost put it in there. But that's where the source is, your heart. So Jesus said, here's the commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So in other words, he summarizes everything that you can read here. It's all about the love of God, loving him, receiving his love for yourself, and then expressing that love to other people. That's how Jesus lived. When he came to the end of his ministry in John 17, he said, Father, this is my prayer. That's a good prayer, what Jesus prayed that the love that you have for me, that I walk in, live in, and flow out and minister to people might be in them. So Jesus' prayer for you is revelation of the Father's love. When we say, what is God or who is God? God is love. God is spirit. So those revelations tell us that God is a spirit who imparts his love, his nature into us, and his intention is we would express it. But it comes from the heart. It comes from our deep inner man. This is not a heady thing. And so we need revelation in our heart. So let's read this instruction in Proverbs chapter 4. Great verse and uh, something that will really challenge you to think about. And he says this, uh, Proverbs 4 and verse 23. He says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of your heart or out of it flow the issues of your life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flow the issues of your life. So what it is saying is the center to the way you live your life is your heart. It's not outside you, it's inside you. It's not your background, it's not your education, it's not your finances, it's what you hold in your heart. And it says to guard your heart diligently, for out of your heart flow the issues of your life. So... Uh, issues, the word issue means boundaries, borders, limitations. So the limitations of the life you're living are not external. They are internal. They are formed by what you believe. If you believe you're not good enough, you'll show up not good enough everywhere. It's what you believe in your heart will outflow into all your relationships. If you believe, for example, in your heart, that you are not accepted, then every issue in relationships, your heart will interpret, they're rejecting me. 
So when you hear things, you don't even hear what they say. You hear from your heart what you believe in your heart. That's where the, that's where the troubles in relationships come. We didn't really hear. We heard a filtered version from what we believed in our heart. What do you mean by that? In other words, we've come to the conclusion they mean something else. This is, this is the problem in relationships all the time. We carry baggage in our heart that affects how we do our relationships. So many people enter marriage and they think marriage is going to solve my problems. I'm going to find out someone to love me. Oh no, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Now what's going to happen is the, the, the problem you're carrying in your heart of rejection will flow and defile the marriage and the spouse will never meet that need in the way you want. You've got to actually get your heart full and bring something into the relationship. So the Bible says, keep your heart full of diligence. So here's the things it tells us. Number one, it tells us that the way your life operates, whether you're aware of it or not, is an expression of what you carry in your heart. Second thing, it gives us a mandate now, guard your heart with all diligence. So this is the same language that was used to Adam when he was put in the garden. And Adam said, God said to Adam, he said, Adam, guard and cultivate the garden. Protect it from an enemy which will seek to destroy what I've given you. He'll seek to take away what I've entrusted you. And you have to cultivate it. You have to give it attention and intentionally nurture it. So with our heart, we are required to guard it because there are real enemies. And if you don't guard it, it will have effects that go on through your life. So your responsibility is to guard your heart. That means becoming attentive to it, to the things that are influencing what you believe in your heart, and to cultivate or nurture your own heart in love so you can then be an expression of what God is like. God's plan is you will represent him. See? His, his way of bringing his kingdom into the earth is through a father-son relationship. The son, the word son means an extension of the father or a builder of the father's house. So uh, in coming into a relationship with God, it's not just any relationship. It is he is my father who loves me, I walk in his love, and I reflect what he is like. Does that make sense? So our journey is to receive the love of God and learn how to reflect and manifest it in every arena of life. And the problems we have are reflections of the lack of love we've experienced in the past and have led to brokenness, or a lack of what we're receiving now which leads us to feel stressed and anxious and overcome by life. So then we react to people. So in dealing with people's problems, we discover that for many of the issues that come in life and in marriage, they find their roots way back in the family life where there was a lack of love or people were hurt desperately in some way. And that outworks then in an ongoing way because they believe certain things about themselves. So... In the scripture here, it tells us to keep your heart diligently. So you're responsible to nurture your heart. And even Jesus reinforced that. He said, a good man out of the good treasure he has in his heart brings forth good things. For out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, so treasure is what you guard, what you hold on to, what you value. So if you are treasuring 
hurts and disappointments and grief in your heart, they will come out of your heart. If you are treasuring the love of God in your heart, that will flow out of your heart. If your heart changes, you change. In Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, that's how he is. So how you see yourself in your heart is how you front up to life. So therefore, we need to change how we deal with our heart. Now, we want to talk about your heart and some things are on your heart, okay? So I want to talk then about some different kinds of heart because if what's in your heart affects your life, then what could be in your heart? So the Bible talks that Jesus' mission was, it says he came, notice this, notice the order. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Luke 4.18, for he has anointed me. So the spirit of God anoints us for a mission. So we have two anointings. We have the anointing that comes in us to change us and cause us to grow in the character of God to maturity. We have an anointing comes upon us to empower us to serve other people. They're two different things. You need both. You need the spirit within you who identifies you are a child, you're loved, God is with you and helps you to grow in your character and you have the anointing that comes to minister. He said, here's my ministry assignment. Spirit of the Lord is upon me, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to reconnect people to Father. And then it didn't stop there. Because they're damaged and broken, he's also anointed me to heal their broken heart. Why? Because they'll never live out the fullness of his plan without the heart being healed. And then he said, come to proclaim deliverance to the captives, meaning I need to get people delivered of demons because demons come in everywhere. There's an absence of love and hearts get broken. They just naturally go in there like flies come to meat. And sometimes they're the ones that cause the problems. But if we can deal with the heart, then everything will change. So there are different kinds of heart. Here's not, here, let me just list a few hearts. And, and what happens is if you don't look after your heart, it actually deteriorates. So the first thing is a broken heart. A broken heart comes when we've been hurt and offended and we don't resolve it. We could be hurt by things people did, which were destructive, but many people are hurt just because of this, love was withheld. And especially if it's withheld by a father, it deeply impacts sons and daughters. When fathers don't speak, don't love, don't embrace their kids, don't engage with them, don't spend time with them, don't invest into them, the children get hurt. That's why in Malachi, it says that in the last days, the great problem in the earth will be the breakdown of families and the remedy is the turning of the hearts of fathers. Hearts. Because they become hardened against their children. Why? Because of what they went through. So a broken heart leads to then a fearful heart. We can become quite fearful because we've been hurt once. We don't want to be hurt again. So if you've grown up and you've been hurt in your heart and relationships, betrayal, then you start to become fearful, I'll be hurt again. So if you're fearful, you try to control relationships. You control what people can say and do. You try to control your circumstances. Why? Because of fear. What fear? Fear I'll be hurt again. Why are you afraid? Well, I got hurt once and now I'm guarding my hurt. I don't want to be hurt again. So instead of resolving it, I'm now trying to control my heart and everything else around me. So, so fear. So many people live fearful. All the time they're fearful and anxious and stressed. 
and uh, there's problems. And after that, the heart can deteriorate. We can become angry, quite angry inside. Uh, people become angry because uh, they've been hurt in some kind of way. They've suffered an injustice, treated unfairly, and they can harbor anger. Now, some people are really quite angry. You say, am I an angry person? Maybe. Often it shows up out in the car park just after the worship. Glory to God here. And then get out of my way. See, there's this problems that take place out in the car park or on the way to church. Whoa. See, love, there's many qualities to love, but I would just take the two that God's been working with me. Love is patient. Love is kind. So if you are flowing in patience and kindness, you're flowing in love. When you get impatient, it's not love. Unkind, no, that's not love either. See, and we, we got these things going on in our lives. So, so people become very angry and uh, they tend to then uh, cause all kinds of issues. <laughs> so uh, an angry heart then becomes a bitter heart. And the Bible tells us that when we have bitterness, it's a root in the heart that affects and defiles all relationships. A bitter person is one who has never resolved the pain, allowed offenses to deepen, to become resentful, resentment and anger, and finally their heart becomes quite bitter. And in a bitter heart, there will always be the expression of hatred come out of their heart, many different kind of ways. And then finally we find that people develop a hard heart where they can't believe for any good thing to happen. And they kind of give up on God. So a person like that could be in church. They could come to church, but they'll never really enter into the worship too much because they just become hard. Can't believe God really is there or do anything for me. Yeah, I hear the testimonies. That's great. Yeah, nothing's going to happen for me, though. And then what people do is then they become numb and detached. So some people, and often it happens with men, is they become quite detached from their heart and try to run their life out of their head. And I just love the testimonies today. They were heart testimonies from men that were free. Listen, if you can't relate from your heart, you're not free. You are bound and you need to be set free. So, so Jesus came to heal the broken heart. He came to help us. Now, why don't you have a look with me in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24, you find an interesting verse. It talks about the, the last days and a certain kind of problem that will be around. And read in Matthew chapter 24, and we find there, as Jesus talks about the end times, he said, in verse 10, he said, uh, in those days, he said, many, will, many, many will become offended and betray one another and hate one another. In verse 12, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now, notice what he's talking there. He's talking about love growing cold and hatred and offenses abounding. You notice, if love grows cold, hatred increases. If we think of a, of a, of a room, you have light in the room. If we remove the light, which is the substance... What's left is darkness. Darkness is not a substance. Darkness is the absence of something. Okay? If you remove heat out of the room, heat is the substance or the energy. What's left is it's cold and uncomfortable. If you remove love out of a relationship, then it's cold and hatred abounds. So the Spirit of God is a loving spirit. Whenever I yield to the Spirit of God... I will be yielding to his loving nature and his desire to express love to me and to people. If I 
resist the spirit of love, I will come into agreement with another spirit, a spirit of hatred. Now, the devil hates people. It says he is a murderer. The root of murder is hatred. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Whoever hates his brother walks in darkness. So hatred and love can't exist together. Love will always overcome hatred. So here's the thing. God's spirit will teach us to walk in love, teach us to be a loving person. That's the flow of God's nature. So when I surrender to the spirit of God, I will be surrendering to love and to loving people, being kind to them and patient with them. There is another spirit that will say they don't deserve it and will cause me not to love people, but to react to them differently. Now, when we think of the word hatred, you look up the meaning of hatred, and the, the, the meaning of hatred means to be hostile. Hostile. It means to have an aversion to someone, intensely dislike them, uh, to be aggressive to them. But in the Bible, the meaning also means to withhold or withdraw love, to love people less. So if I love people, I am making them welcome, I'm accepting them, I show patience, I show kindness. When I respond to the spirit of hatred, I start to withdraw love. When you find you're withdrawing love, you're not responding to God, you're responding to something else. And if you keep responding that way, you can be as religious or as churchy, do all these church things, but if there's no love flowing through you, it is empty. 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 So we need ongoing nurture of our heart in love because there's many reasons to get a mentality of resentment and, and anger and, and so on towards people and to walk that way, giving them what they deserve. Now you understand that Jesus shocked the religious system. Religion always works on performance. If you do this, you will be affirmed and accepted. Now, if you're living under that spirit, you will always struggle condemned because you're not doing enough. See, I ask people, how's your prayer life? You know what they'll mostly say? Could do more. But it's coming frequently out of condemnation not out of, I'm loved. I want to talk my dad more. I want to be in his presence more. It's coming out of, I'm lacking and I'm condemned and I don't really know where I am with Father. Right? So we need to walk in the spirit of love. Now, here's the interesting thing. In, in, in Luke chapter 15, verse 1, it says, Now the tax collectors and the sinners came to Jesus. Now, the tax collectors represented the lowest of the low. They were the people everyone hated. They were considered traitors, despised. They were the ones everyone had an issue with. Now, in this culture today, there are other people that everyone has an issue with. So how do you respond to them? Well, that tests what's in your heart. You respond with love or hate. If you withdraw love, you're responding with hate. And don't think people don't feel it. They feel it. I don't care what you believe, it's what you show people. See? So how did Jesus respond? It says he welcomed them. 
And then he sat down and had a meal with them, which meant he is honoring them. He's giving them honor. And here's what the religious people did. How come he's doing that? They don't deserve it. So the religious mindset is one of, if you deserve it, you get it. If you don't deserve it, I withhold love from you. That is not God. That is a religious and a world mindset. That's why Jesus taught in Luke chapter six, he said, if you love those who love you, even the world does that, what grace of God is on your life? There's no godly influence. There's nothing to show that you've got God working in your life if you love people that love you. He said, but if you can love people that react and are hostile and, are, and do bad things, then he said, your reward is, is gonna be, an, uh, God's reward, they will be rewarded in heaven and you'll be the sons of your father, which is God's goal that we would represent him accurately. So what did Jesus do to the hostile people? He loved all of them. He reached out to all of them. He gave all of them opportunities. He never withdrew love because of how people treated him because he walked in the fullness of his father's love. Starting off, you see him there at the day of his baptism, the Holy Ghost comes on him and the father says, oh, I love you. Oh, you're my son. I love, he lived in that love. He walked in that love. The love, he flowed in that love. So when people acted crazy towards him, he never moved in reaction and withdrew love. He just let them make their decisions, but he loved them anyway. Very challenging, isn't it? So if we just take the thought then that love, that, that, that to, to yield to the Spirit of God is to yield to love, which would show up in being warm and accepting and patient and kind, then if I yield to another spirit, the spirit of hatred, I will do different things. So let me show you what it looks like in relationships when we're yielding to the spirit of hate. Now remember, if you ask, do you hate people? No, 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 I don't hate people at all. Okay, let's just run a checklist down on how you treat people. Are you patient? Are you kind? Are you, are you patient with yourself? Or do you call yourself stupid whenever you do something wrong? Are you kind to yourself or harsh on yourself? See, see the answers to those questions tell what's in your heart whether you love yourself or not as God loves you. If God loves you so much, he gave his own son. It's time you came into agreement. I am a loved person and I accept God's value and I respect and honor and love myself. Out of that revelation, you can love people. Husbands, love your wife as you love yourself. No love flowing to your wife? You got love issues in your heart. Oh, you're getting so quiet now. Hey. All right, anyway, just give a few signs. Now, of course, this will apply to someone else but you, but you probably be able to put a name to some of these. And uh, so and if you can put a name to it, that's great. And then at the end, we'll ask you to ask the Holy Spirit whether actually any of that was you. All right, then, so here we go. So, so I can give scriptures. I won't give them all just for the sake of just keeping it moving. But here's what, one of the ways hatred shows is coldness, emotional coldness. No warmth, no welcome. We withdraw the warmth. We're just cold but polite, yes, nice to meet you. But there's no love from the heart. People feel that. You can feel if someone's polite, but cold. You go into their home, there's no warmth. You can't wait to get out. It just is awful, cold, 
coldness in the heart tells you there's hatred operating in the heart, not love. Here's another one that's a, it's a very common one. When people are struggling and they're no longer yielding to the spirit of love, the person doesn't deserve it, so now I'm going to give them the silent treatment. Silent treatment is an evidence of hate. You are trying to punish the person. I'll punish you by not talking to you. I mean, it's weird, isn't it, really? And why would we think that kind of crazy thought? Punish you by not talking to you? What's that about? You know, but that's what people do. Husbands do it to wives. Wives do it to husbands. They say, what's wrong? Is anything wrong? Nope. You, oh, drive you crazy because you know something's wrong. But you see, withholding communication is a weapon of hate. Love nurtures with kind words. Love builds with encouraging words. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which will edify and impart empowerment to people. So when you withhold the words, you withhold empowerment. So many children growing up in their family are suffering and in pain and hurt because no empowering words from a father. He's just silent. It's not that he's hostile or angry or doing bad stuff. He's just disconnected. And the effect is a spirit attacks the children. Oh, Maybe someone you know. Okay, here's, an, here's, a, here's a, a third one, which is really um, very common, is critical words. When hate would, will always show up in words, you just can't stop it. When there's hate in the heart, you just have to talk about someone. And so hatred will show up with words that hurt people. You hear what they say, but it's the sting in it is what you feel. That's a spirit of hatred. So when there's anger unleashed in a home, a spirit of murder is released and people are all wounded and hurt inside because hatred, he hates his brother as a murderer. You're taking life from people, not giving life. We're called to be givers of life, not taking it from people. We're to sow it wherever we go, to overflow life into people. But that's all to do with the condition of your heart. And mostly it comes out of listening to the spirit of hate that says they don't deserve it. You shouldn't do it. Yeah, don't deserve it. Nah. And then we talk about them behind their back. That's the common one in church. We'll, we'll decry the sexual people who do all sorts of things in the community while we rip people to pieces with our spirit of hatred behind their back. C- can you understand? It, it's something really wrong in all of that because we, we haven't learned we need to walk in love. And walking in love means you guard your heart, you guard your mouth as well. Here's, here's another thing. Uh, we, we cut off people who disagree with us. So common thing in the world today is if you don't agree with me, I cut you off. And so cutting people off is a very common strategy of hatred. So there are two lies that are very common in culture today. One is that if you disagree with me, that means you must hate me. You look in what's going on in America, what's going on in the media right now, if you have a contrary opinion, you are accused of hating. But that's a lie. I can have my own opinion and still love you. I can disagree with you. So two lies that are very common is if you disagree with someone, you hate them. And if you love them, you'll agree with what they say. That's not true. Both of those are lies. I love you, but I have my own opinion. Thank you. So, so these are issues. And what happens is you're getting a polarization taking place globally now, and it's the spirit of hatred at work. 
The love is growing cold. A spirit of hatred increases. People then start to speak and to cry and they pull one another down. It's distressing to see all that kind of stuff. Here's another one is jealousy, envy and jealousy, where you look at other people and you say, I want what you've got. I, don't, I, I should have what you've had. I dislike you because you've got it. And that's what happened with Joseph's brothers. They hated him because of his dream. And, and of course, because they hated him, they got to get rid of him. Whenever you hate someone, you will find a way to get rid of them. And you'll justify it. Esau hated his brother, wanted to get rid of him. He kept thinking about how I can kill him when dad dies. So, so these are strategies of hatred. Another strategy of hatred is to lie. The Bible tells us that, uh, he, that uh, uh, um, the person who lies, it tells us in Proverbs, hates. There's hatred in his heart towards his brother. So when you're dishonest with people, it shows you don't love them. You're withholding the truth from them. You actually are not loving them. You're yielding to another spirit, possibly because of fear or whatever. It's a real challenge for us to keep speaking the truth in love. An attitude of superiority where we look down on people. Oh, they're they're from that part of town. Oh, they're that. That kind of thing is ministering out of your pride a spirit of hate to people. doesn't love them and welcome them. Humility will welcome people. Humility will treat people. Well, see, if we see a person in need and it's in our power to help them and we won't help them, the Bible says in 1 John 3, it says, uh, if you see your brother in need and you have this world's goods and you could help them and you withhold, how dwells the love of God in you? See? If you say you love God, but the one you see in front of you you don't love, then you're a liar. You're actually in a place where you're not understanding. Loving God means being in relationship with him to represent him. And he's a loving person. He's a loving God. So these are real challenges for us to break out of patterns that are... The patterns in church are fairly subtle, sometimes subtle, sometimes not so subtle. But in the end, what spirit are you yielding to? The spirit of love, the spirit of hate. Spirit of love, welcome, kind, patient, compassionate, generous. That's how the spirit of love operates. Now, it doesn't operate that way because they deserve it. Jesus said, if you love people who love you, where is the grace and the power of God in that? It's, he says, love your enemies. Pray for those who curse or despitefully use you. It's quite a challenge, isn't it? And the church has got to rise to this because of the hatred that's being unleashed in the world today through the media and online. It's everywhere. We need to not let ourselves be defiled by that and become angry inside and then operate out of a wrong spirit. We are to keep ourselves in the love of God. Oh, you're all so quiet now. <laughs> so how can we get out and get out of this? How can we move forward? Number one, we need God to change our heart. See, religion tries to change you outside. God changes you in the core. So the Bible is very clear in, uh, in, John, in, in Ezekiel 36. It says, I will put a new heart in you. I'll put a new spirit in you, my spirit. I'll take out of you the stony heart. I'll give you a soft, tender heart. That's God's desire. That's what, that's what the new covenant is about. It's about God changing your heart. So it tells us in John 1, 12, everyone who received Jesus Christ and believed in him, he gave the power to become a child of God, meaning God's spirit came into our heart and at the, and at the core of our being, I am now a new person. However, even though I'm a new person, I've been trained to live another way. 
And I got a lot of baggage. And so God says, I love you. I accept you. You are a new person. Now I've got you on a journey. And in that journey, I'm going to raise up for you the places in your life where you lack revelation of love, where you're broken, and I will bring those things to your attention so you can be healed. So we need to not just make the first step of receiving Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, and, and, and experiencing the love of God. We need to learn how to walk in that. To walk in that, I need to become, here's the thing. Number one, we need to cultivate our heart. Now, if you're too busy, you can't cultivate your heart. It takes time. You've got to take time to slow down and be in the presence of God and become aware of him. So ask the Holy Spirit to show you the condition of your heart. Become aware. Practice becoming aware of what you feel. The little feelings you have that rise up inside are signals of what lies in your heart. Ignoring those signals will harden your heart. It'll give up on trying to tell you what, they, what it feels. So we need to learn how to engage God in our hearts. So one of the best ways to do it is in your time of worship, you pray and praise the Lord and enter his presence, begin to worship him, have soft music on and sit, then begin to journal with him. Write out to him what's going on in your life. Ask him to speak to you. If there's pain, acknowledge the pain and grieve over it and release forgiveness to the people that have hurt you. Invite the Lord to come and fill you, bring a revelation of, your, of his love. Now, this is an ongoing thing. So I need to also protect my life from the invasion of things that would make me hard. For example, if you're, on, if you're, on, if you're playing video games that are violent, you are fueling hatred in your heart you will become hard because of watching those things. If you're watching pornography and it'll produce hatred in your heart. So the things that we feed off with our eyes, the things we listen to, the things you draw from will affect your heart. I became aware as I watched some of the news, I'd start to feel angry. I thought, this is not doing me good. I may have information but it's affecting my heart, the injustices and the things that are going on. I should stop feeding off that stuff that's not nurturing my heart. I should focus on what will nurture my heart. How do you develop your heart? You need to take time to listen, time to meditate, to, to imagine the Word of God, allow the Word of God to settle in your heart, Ponder on what it's like to sit in the presence of God, to be loved, just to receive his love, to experience his love, and open your heart to receive from him. It's a journey of nurturing your relationship and intimacy. You can't just rush in and rush out. If that's what you're doing, I hear people say, well, I pray on the way to work. That's wonderful. Better than not praying at all. But how can you build a marriage if you're always doing something else when you're trying to talk to your wife? How can any intimacy be developed that way? It's just impossible. You can't be on your phone and making love. It's just not going to work. Okay. But, but I'm trying to get you to see it requires intentional investment in your relationship with the Lord, cultivating your heart and not being afraid if there are feelings. 
If you feel something is touching you, focus on it and inquire, Holy Spirit, show me what that is. And you feel the tears. Tears are your heart speaking. Tears of joy, tears of love, tears of pain, tears of grief over what you've walked through. Your heart talks if you listen to it. When God speaks to you, speak to your heart. You need to cultivate your heart because it's your heart and whatever's in there will flow out. If you neglect it, the stuff that flows out will be bad. If you nurture it in the love of God, then you'll always have an overflow for people. Amen? Guard and keep your heart. Protect your heart from gossip. Protect your heart from the unclean. Protect your heart from the evil. Protect your heart from feeding on the things that would fuel hatred and anger. Instead, nurture your heart. As Jude 20 says, keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. Then what will happen? Wherever you go, you'll be conscious of God. Wherever you go, the love of God flows out of your heart and people are touched. And that's what God called you to do. And every time you're a little bit impatient, the Holy Spirit will say, hey, that was impatient. That was a bit sharp. That was unkind. Father, forgive me. Lord, I just thank you. I receive your love. Teach me how to love people like you love them. Now, remember, it's an exchange. It's not about trying harder. If I will receive, I can give. You can't give what you didn't receive. Why don't you close your eyes right now? I want to give an opportunity for people. And if you're watching online, right now your chances make a response. Just close your eyes. Closing your eyes just shuts out the mental distractions and the things around you. And here's your moment with God. And I ask, there's two things. Number one, if you've never received Jesus Christ, I invite you to make a decision right now to receive Jesus as your saviour to recognize you're separated from God by the, the condition of your heart, the living life without him, doing your own thing, doing whatever you felt like. And instead, now you're coming to bring your heart to the Lord. He died on the cross and Jesus rose from the dead to break the power of sin and separation so you could begin a relationship with God. If it costs God that much, don't treat it lightly. He values you. To everyone who received Jesus, he gave power to become a child of God. Is there anyone here right at that place to receive Jesus Christ today? Would you raise your hand right now? I want to lead you in a simple prayer to receive him. Is there anyone here? Just put your hand up so I can see. Now, here's the second question I want to ask. When I was sharing about the condition of the heart, what was your heart condition like? Broken, offended, angry, bitter, hardened, lost hope, numbed out. Talk to the Lord about it. When I began to list the ways that hatred flows out of our lives instead of love, which one of those things do you do? In what way do you yield and manifest the hatred of that spirit that's in the world rather than the love of God? How do you do that? Do you cut people off, go silent, react to them, 
speak about them negatively, criticize them. What do you do? This is the time to repent of it. Say, Father, I repent of those, of yielding to that spirit. It's not your spirit. It's a contrary spirit. I learned that at home. I've learned that in my life. I surrender this to you and I repent of it now. I bring that activity to the cross. Lord, help me, heal me, and I receive your love right now. Let me carry your love to people. Father, right now I just thank you. Your presence is here, touching people. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take authority against the spirit of hatred. I command you, release people now. I take authority over the spirit of bitterness. I command you, release people now. I break soul ties and attachments to trauma. I speak to the spirit of death that has numbed people's emotions. I command you, release people right now. I take authority over rejection that's caused people to become hurt and grieved and alone. I break your hold right now. I release the love of God. I release the presence of God to touch people right now. I release a fresh revelation that they are loved, that each of us, are loved deeply that we are treasured by our Father. Father, I speak right now to man. Father, in Jesus' name, I command the spirit of pride to break off the heart. I pray, Father, today for vulnerability to come. I pray in connection to the heart and the emotions. Father, in Jesus' name, I break every inner vow people have made to shut down their heart and never feel or show emotions. I break those vows today in Jesus' name. Father, we release your love. We thank you that you welcome us as the Father welcomed the prodigal son with arms wide open, with compassion, with tears, and with an expression of passionate love. Father, may we carry that to our community in Jesus' name. Amen.